Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I haven't had a chance to talk to my next guest since the World Series. And there are some things coming down in baseball already. The offseason is already underway with options being picked up and qualifying offers either being put out or not put out. So we got a lot to cover with Scott Miller, who covers Major League Baseball for Bleacher Report, and he joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Scotty? Real good, Jody. How about you, my friend? Very good. Now, I know you uh, covered the American League playoffs uh, extensively because they were in your neck of the woods down there in San Diego. Did you travel to Arlington for the World Series? Uh, Yes, sir. Yep, I was in Arlington uh, my 26th consecutive World Series. Very nice. So when um, Kevin Cash comes out of the dugout in game six and it becomes obvious that he's taking Snell out of the game and bringing Anderson in, what was your in that moment first thought? Yeah, in the moment is is the key phrase because this isn't a second guess; it was a first guess, and I just was I wanted to scream from the press box, "What the hell are you doing?" And what the hell has baseball come to? I understand that Tampa Bay has to make do with little resources. So they have to do things differently, and I get it. That's all year long. They pulled their starter. They haven't let him go that deep into games. But Blake Snell, you know, I don't have to reiterate everything to you. Two-hit shutout, uh, Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, the first three in the lineup were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. They didn't have a chance against Blake Snell. And I just think if we're to the point in the game where everything is going to be played out on a spreadsheet and you can't even trust your players, especially an ace like Snell, uh, in the moment, then I I think uh, baseball has uh, crossed a threshold which it's only going to deteriorate from here. In other words, the baseball people need to bring the game back. And I am so much in agreement with you, it's not even funny. And let me add this to the critique. If you're going to do everything by rote, if you're going to have a spreadsheet that decides every move that you make, I don't like it. I disagree with it. I just flat out think it's wrong. But if that's the way you're going to do your business, okay, fine. How do you bring Anderson into the game? Now, I know he was tremendous for them in the second half last year. He had a phenomenal regular season. But he had been scored upon in his last six or seven outings. He had given up a run. How do you bring him into the game if you are living and dying by the numbers? The numbers said there's no way you should bring Anderson into the game. How do they justify that? That's the thing. I mean, he brought Anderson in. He justified it because Anderson was his guy, and the numbers during the year dictated that. But 
You're exactly right. That's my other thing with, with the numbers and where you have to be able to make decisions in the moment, Jody. Um, the numbers may show what they show, but the human beings change from week to week, month to month. And in that moment, Blake Anderson, as you said, he had given up, or I mean Nick Anderson, sorry, Blake Snell, Nick Anderson had given up runs in his previous six outings. He looked tired. He didn't have the same stuff he had earlier in the year. In other words, despite what the numbers showed, Nick Anderson was not the same pitcher the third week of October that he was the first week in October or the second week in September or back in August. Things had changed. And if you can't recognize that, um, you know, Joe Torre used to talk all the time when he managed the Yankees, and he had a little bit of success managing those Yankees. He used to talk about you have to remember there's a heartbeat there. And, you know, if you just go numbers, 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 um, you're, 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 you're not respect, you're disrespecting your players first of all, because they're not just chess pieces without a beating heart. But, but secondly, baseball is just, as an entertainment option, is going to get worse and worse because people still want to see stars and people want to watch heavyweight type, type of matchups. I mean, like last year's World Series, how many people were so excited to see, you know, Max Scherzer, go up against Justin Verlander. And you can go back over the years. When Dave Stewart is facing Roger Clemens, people pay attention. People can't wait for the game to begin that night. When the game turns into a revolving merry-go-round of anonymous faces coming in to throw 98 miles an hour as hard as they can until they burn out and the next guy comes in and throws 98 miles an hour, it, it, it loses all heart personality and soul and and it's just less dramatic and you're going to lose your audience all that being said congrats to the la dodgers because they came close two times lost it two times uh to teams who were accused of having an illegal advantage in the game they finally got the job done they were the best team they deserved to win even if we don't agree with what kevin cash made as far as the decision goes as pitching during the game um so they win and then they get to celebrate and then Kevin Turner, who was pulled from the game because it's announced he had a positive COVID test and got the results in-game, decides to come back out and celebrate with his team, and he doesn't even have a mask on? What does that say about Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's another uh, – yeah, I mean, it's too bad the season had to end in that because, you know, to that point – and you and I talked about this previously, Jody, a few weeks back. I mean, I think – you had to give baseball credit for figuring out a way to dodge the virus and get even a 60-game season in. And then once they did that, they were able to put the players in a bubble and go all the way through October uh, without any coronavirus outbreaks. And then it ends with Justin Turner coming back onto the field. And he did have a mask on initially when he first came to the field, which that doesn't excuse it. Once he was tested positive, he was supposed to self-isolate, and he broke all those protocols. But he came out with a mask, and then he 
took the mask off for pictures. He posed with the trophy, and then he just left the mask off the rest of the time. And, you know, it. it uh, I mean, it's irresponsible of Justin Turner, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a stain on the end of the World Series for Major League Baseball. Now, I know, and one more World Series point, and I'll get to some of the things that have transpired since the season ended. We're talking to Scott Miller from Bleacher Report here with us on CBS Sports Radio. It's just an award. According to the commissioner, it's just a hunk of metal. Uh, the one I'm referring to is the MVP award of the uh, World Series. Um, little slide, snide comment at uh, the commissioner there, but uh, I, I digress. Um, they gave it to Corey Seager. If you go to the whatever website, use MLB.com, uh, whatever else, and you look up who had the best analytical offensive numbers in the World Series, it was probably Corey Seager. There was no doubt in my mind that Mookie Betts was the MVP of that World Series because he did it not only at the bat, but he did it in the biggest spots with the bat. He did it in the outfield where he had four of the most memorable World Series defensive plays I can remember over the last decade, two decades, three decades. And oh, by the way, he did it on the base pass with his speed. So he encompassed everything that you can do to help your team win a game. And somehow he didn't get the MVP. Did you have a vote? Did you vote for Corey Seager? And what was your thought on the decision to not make Mookie the MVP? Uh, I did not have a vote. And to be honest with you, the whole World Series MVP thing is a little bit mysterious to me. I mean, and I'm not alone here among baseball writers that cover the World Series every year. I would venture to say there are a number of people like me that will tell you, I don't even know who picks the MVP of the World Series or how it's picked. I think they might poll a couple of people, maybe a couple media members. I don't know if the corporate sponsorship gets, you know, gets to pick it or gets a say in it. I don't know. I don't know who picks uh, the World Series MVP. I didn't. Yeah, Mookie would be a good choice. I didn't have a huge problem with it. I mean, Corey Seager's offensive numbers were were better than Mookie, and Corey Seager's offensive numbers were terrific. He plays an important position, shortstop. I didn't have a huge problem with it, but you know, I would say I would say, uh, Jody, to your point, that the one the disappointing thing about him over, over Mookie Betts. And I'm not saying Corey Seager didn't deserve it. I mean, I think he was worthy, but the disappointing thing is, I think it's a, it's just the latest example where all we do is look at the offensive numbers in the game. You know, the defense has always been underappreciated and not only that, but base running has been underappreciated. I mean, base running is the worst I've seen. This is a general statement covering the, the game, not, not the world series, just, the last few years, I think fundamentals are lacking more and more, and, and one of them is running the bases. You know, as everybody sits back and tries to work on their home run game. Um, you know, so Seager, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but again, it's just another example of the one-dimensionalness of where we're at today. Where I think you look at what are the guys' offensive numbers, and then the rest of the game kind of gets ignored. Becomes completely irrelevant. All right, uh, our buddy Scott uh, Miller from Bleach Report, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so they had their uh, win. They had their celebration sans masks and their parade. But the business of baseball gets back and going again within a couple of days after the World Series. 
options start to come due. Teams make decisions on whether to pick up options or not. Players do the same. And today we even had the qualifying offer for potential free agents. Only six were actually given qualifying offers, which I don't know if it's an all-time low, but it's one of the lowest years. Do you read into that, that the top-end salaries in baseball this year are going to be significantly affected by the pandemic? A hundred percent, I read that into it. I think no question. I think, you know, we we first saw it when St. Louis last week declined the Colton Wong option. And, you know, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, John Mosellock, essentially uh, confirmed. He said, look, you know, we basically, you know, in so many words, he said, we took it in the shorts this summer financially, and we're not confident what next summer is going to bring. And that's where baseball, I think, right now in the winter of 2020, 2021, baseball is caught kind of betwixt and between. Uh, last year was a financial bloodbath this past year because of obvious reasons. Uh, you played a 60-game season with no fans in the stands. Um, you know, it's just – I, I believe the owners, when they say they lost their shirts, um, and the problem is next year – I mean, you know, you look around, Joe, you see what I see. The the coronavirus is spiking again, and the, that, that dreaded second wave looks like it's hitting nationally. And, I mean, sadly and depressingly, because I think we're all sick of it and sick of being quarantined and having to social distance and wear masks. But, you know, when we first delayed the baseball season last April, I know I I was of a mind where, man, maybe if we all do what we were supposed to do, wear your mask, you know, wash your hands, do everything, maybe by midsummer we'll be turning, you know, we'll, we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, here we are going into November and doesn't seem like we're any better off than we were in April. You know, I mean, I pray to God we get a a vaccine soon, but where we stand right now, the owners in the game, they're fully prepared to open next season without full houses again. I mean, there's no guarantee there'll be fans in the stands next April if they open. And if there are, I guarantee you, because I've talked to a few of them to a man if there are fans allowed next April, and if, big if, baseball opens on time in April, um, the owners are not, ex- they're all expecting it'll be very limited crowds, kind of like we saw at the World Series, where maybe, you know, state by state, may- maybe 20% capacity, you know, uh, as one owner said to me a few weeks back, he's like, what's a sellout going to be in 2021? Is it going to be like 11,000 people? So, in other words, not only do the owners lose a ton of money this year, but they're anticipating they're going to lose a bunch of money next year. They're hoping not as much as they lost this year, but I think we're going to see all of that reflected in. You're seeing it reflected already in these options not being picked up, and I think we're going to be re- see it reflected in a, in a slow free agent market. And I'll give you the one that hit home for me even more so than Colton Wong was Brad Hand in Cleveland. Well, and- how about that? I, I saw that the uh, Indians d- didn't pick up the option, which means they had to give him a million dollars walking away money rather than paying him 10 What I had missed till after I heard that was they put him on irrevocable waivers, which meant any team in baseball could claim him for $10 million. He's been one of the best closers in baseball two, two and a half years running. Uh, middle guys like Britain, the Yankees picked up Britain's option for $13 million. So how is 
hands not worth $10 million to any of the 30 teams in baseball. If Cleveland can't pay him, all right, maybe they don't have as high hopes, they don't have as big a payroll. But all the teams that do have some payroll flexibility, not one of them thought that Hand was worth free of charge, $10 million. You don't have to negotiate. You don't have to go multi-year. It's a one-year, right. $10 million deal. How do you not put a claim in for this guy? Absolutely. And I think what that also tells you, Jody, is is this pandemic is just going to widen the gap between the haves and the have-nots. Because as you pointed out, the Yankees have no problem with Zach Britton for $13 million. And you might have noticed on the eve of the season this past July, the Dodgers, despite the pandemic, found a way to give Mookie Betts 12 years and whatever it was, $364 million. You know, the Dodgers awarded that enormous contract here the Yankees are all these months later in the wintertime picking up Zach Britton, and yet you're exactly right. I mean, Brad Hand, under normal circumstances, $10 million for one year for a closer of that caliber, you know, it's like, it's like a pocket full of quarters to you or me, but it's crickets on him. All right, last thing, and we appreciate it whenever you come on. Uh, as always, you know how much I appreciate it. Um, the things that you and I have just stated about the early moves, but very telling moves we're seeing from Major League Baseball, uh, the offseason will move forward with the winter meetings. You went there. You knew what it was like. People complained about the lack of activity. Um, uh, two years ago, Machado and Harper both waiting until well after the winter meetings, well into spring training before they signed their deals. I don't see movement, period, because the players are not going to believe how lowball the owner's offers are going to be. There'll be claims of collusion, and it's not going to be that. It's going to be uh, COVID-19 fear, and teams are just not going to be able to justify it in their own minds. I think it's going to lend itself to really bad relations between Major League Baseball, a.k.a. the owners, and the players and their agents I think it could be really ugly this offseason. Agree or disagree? Yeah, it's hard not to agree because, you know, there's there, we saw how ugly it was last April and May when they tried to get the game back on the field, and that got way uglier than it should have. And the owners, as I say, I mean, they've the, the layoffs in the last month across the game, scouts, public, you know, media relations types, business front office people, the layoffs across the game have just been shocking and disheartening. And that's front office, like basically to the general public, it's anonymous personnel. You know, it's people that the general public don't know, but, you know, um, but they're nevertheless important to organizations, scouts, business people, media relations people. And there's just been so many thrown overboard in the last month. So there's no doubt the owners are, are, uh, you know, they're tightening their belts big time. And, you know, I don't doubt that the owners are losing a gob of money. Um, there's not as much trust between the players and owners. There's a big distrust. The players, you know, even if they're going to admit the owners are losing some money, they're still not going to believe they're using, losing as much as the owners say they are. Or they'll say you're, you, the owners are losing money, but they, they still are going to have every chance to make that money back when things return back to normal. So, that's where all of the distrust is going to continue to happen. And yeah, it's, it's worrisome because, you know, obviously the current collective bargaining agreement between the players and owners, it, it's up after this next season now. So a year from now, 
they will have either had to agree on a new collective bargaining agreement, which generally goes for about five years, or if they haven't, then we're going to be talking strike, lockout, whatever, a year from now. And I don't know as much money that's been lost in the game by both the players and the owners. I don't know who, how they can not come to an agreement and, and just agree to disagree and then lose even more money. And publicly, I don't know who in this nation is going to have the stomach for a labor battle. Um, so it's, it's going to be a pretty – the next 12 months are going to be fastening your seat belts hold your breath, and, uh, you know, probably a lot uglier than they should, than it should be. We are going to talk about a lot of things off the field, which is yep. part of the game, and we have to do it, we will do it, and we will do it with the help of guys like Scott Miller from Bleacher Report. Scott, it was a short season, but I got you on plenty. I appreciate you saying yes as often as you did. Thank you much. Look forward to doing it again. Always enjoy talking baseball with you, my friend. Take care, Jody, and we'll do it again soon. Done deal. Scott Miller from uh, Bleacher Report, their lead baseball writer here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.